She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. That he's wanted to go. That picture in the brochure, he is now in it. It's not an empty chair yeah. that he can film. So he's there. And he has this terrifying moment where he realizes he brought himself on his vacation. <laughs> and that's what was ruining it. <laughs> and again, I got this, like, he made a comment. It's like, ah, oh, man. Wow, it's so nice out here. It's the life, right? It's the life, right? Yeah. And he asked me, like, it's the life, right? And I'm like, it's a life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it's the life. Doesn't really feel like it, I guess. I'm a simple man. Don't want a Yesterday, we got some news that really made me feel like, oh my God, we're probably leaving. Yeah. And and then I started looking at the caravan differently, you know? And I was like, oh man, how can I let this go? You Which know, is like, so funny because for the last month you've been a slouch and a grouch <laughs> about everything we have to do around oh, living yeah. here. I don't even know what Guatemala is. Yeah, no, you know I know. I just mean? see the picture of the outside of the house we yeah. rented in my head. And then and all I these Guatemala. dreams about like, you know, yeah, I'm going to really order and structure my life there. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of success. Like <laughs> there's going to be a really nice like balance of work and then relaxation. <laughs> Maybe my family will come visit me or some friends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like in these moments, whatever destination, like whatever change, whatever place you're going, just becomes a bucket for everything you haven't done in your life that you're going to do. I'm going to go swim with dolphins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to learn Spanish and Russian by the time I'm out of there. For sure. For sure. <laughs> We have a new review. Oh my god, you can tell people are back from holidays. <laughs> so, I'm gonna read this one. The title is Listen and Enjoy. They gave us five stars. Five stars. Once again, imagine every time Alistair says that, he lifts his hand up like five, five stars. Yeah. Five, yeah. not four, five. <laughs> and I quote. This review is long overdue, as I have been following this podcast and its two delightful hosts for some time now. My podcast library is full of EDM DJs and education podcasts. However, Far Out sets itself apart from the crowd and is the only one I truly look forward to. Wednesday mornings are the best. They speak from the heart. Listen from the heart and you will take something away every time. Alistair and Julie Roxanne's chemistry beautifully blend storytelling with their deep dive conversations on complex ideas. While we live very different lives from each other, their experiences, thoughts, and ideas are always relatable and refreshing. Also, Julie Roxanne's laugh will certainly warm your heart and brighten your day. (laughs) Go listen, you won't regret it, smiley face. P.S. I have middle schoolers saying toodles. This one hit us right in the heart, like yeah. right in the heart. It's it's pretty incredible. I there's a few things that make me happier than knowing 
that we're beating out EDM DJs and education podcasts. <laughs> it's a pretty rarefied <laughs> group, and uh, so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty proud. And, and I'm always happy to know that middle schoolers are call, are saying toodles. Yeah, like I love this idea that, that there, toodles is being said more in the world because of this podcast. <laughs> Who and, uh, wrote this review, Alistair? Oh, it's very mysterious. Very mysterious indeed. Went by the name of Ron Doodle Thirteen. That's yeah. We'll have to ask her one day why she chose that that nickname. Her, huh? I think we know who this is. We're gonna go out. We've 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 done some detective work, yes. and we put some. Uh, we made some connections. We have a little chart here, of possible listeners in parts of the world, and there's lots of lines and post-it notes and stuff. We keep this stuff. We track all of you. We track you all, and we know which one of you have not reviewed us yet. That are still listening every week, and I'm just gonna make a recommendation. I'd review us soon. We got agents on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but we think this one might be Katie. Katie, um, seriously, this this was like one of the best reviews we've gotten. And it, it brought tears and joy to my heart. And I'm ever so grateful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, thank you so much. If you're not Katie, and we've mis- incorrectly uh, named you, which we've done in the past, let us know. Please reach let out and let us know. Yes. Welcome to a brand new episode of Far Out Podcast. Bonjour and bienvenue. Can't believe you're here. It's really, really cool. Thanks. Yes. yes. Just up front, thanks for being here. I love you. It's great. It's we great. love you. Do you love them? I think I do. Okay. I'm still thinking about it. I'm on the fence. <laughs> but don't I think so. Get, don't want to commit too much? Is yeah, there? you know, there might, be other, there might be other listeners out there. <laughs> and they might be nice too. So, just want to keep the options open. <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. All right. Well, what are we talking about today, Boo? Today, we're talking about two uh, phenomena that have come up in our lives recently. We're talking about vacation vision and graduation goggles. <laughs> and I am so pleased that we could get alliteration on both of them. <laughs> I am so pleased. It's basically our reflections on this concept of the grass is always greener. And we just kind of go in all directions, but it's a topic that's really close to my heart because it's something I've struggled with unconsciously for the longest time and consciously for about a year and a half, two years. And it's coming up really strongly in our lives right now as we prepare to say goodbye to our beloved caravan, Chana Masala. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Alistair. Good morning, everyone. Hi. And welcome to the Far Out Podcast. They know that. I think they do. That's good. Don't they? Just in case anyone got Just lost in case, on the like, way here. <laughs> if you're not here for the Far Out Podcast, please, this is your chance. You can leave now. We won't call you out any later on, and we're going to point at you, and we're going to socially shame you. So if you're in the wrong building, now's a good time to leave. Okay. We should address... What's going on outside right now? It's really strange. And let me tell you why. I don't know. Maybe you can hear that sound. Maybe you can't. We'll see how, if we're able to clean it up. But outside, there's construction going on. And we apologize. We apologize for that sound. We have no control over it. But it's really weird because it's 1030 on a Friday. (laughs) And 
And these French laborers have probably been working since Tuesday. Probably for like four or five hours a day. I'm surprised they're not on their weekend yet. <laughs> or at least lunch. I mean, we're coming up on lunch. It's 10.30. I think you've lived in France for too long. If you know that about French laborers already. You, you, you know, I mean, maybe you got that on the first week. Wasn't there a strike plan this week? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, actually, that next actually week? I think there was. <laughs> This is what we do, okay? We go on holidays, and then when we go back to work, we try to get on to go on. Funny strike. enough, the construction that's happening should have happened 18 years ago. Yeah. Yes. They're digging a trench and putting electrical cables in the ground. And apparently, 18 years ago, they just did it for our uh, the property we were on yesterday, and they're doing it for our neighbor's property today. Yeah. But apparently, uh, our, our Gilles, our our kind of uh, landlord, has been asking for the city to do this. For 18 years, because 18 years ago, they did it for the town we're in. But apparently, they stopped at the sign on the road that said the town name and just figured that's the end of the town, even though there's more of the town down the road. And it's taken them 18 years to get the same cables as their neighbors. Yep. Literally, one house over got this work done 18 years ago crazy it's a mad world some of the people working on this were were like toddlers when this happened yeah, do you think right any now? of them like did the, the house next door 18 years ago or do you think it's like a generational thing it's like i don't know oh man so if we if you can hear those sounds during the recording we apologize we have no control over it and we really needed to record today because life is life is a uh, fast-paced life is continuing to go these days yes I try to pause it. I try to slow it down. It keeps going. We tried to ask for today to not happen so that we could... Have, we an could extra, have a jump. Have you know, a, like yeah. if today didn't happen, we could have a jump on tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. No, it didn't work out. So work here out. we are. It's today. <laughs> And what we're going to talk about today yeah. is... We're going to talk about two phenomena that yeah. we've noticed, especially <laughs> lately. And I think actually maybe it's best just to get in with a story. So I'm going to start with a story here. The other day, we're, we're in the process of finding our caravan a home. That's the nice way to say it. Or selling it, trying to get rid of it. Try to get rid of which, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And which, yeah. <laughs> and we'll have more to nice. say about that later, probably on the next episode. But we've been courting buyers, and uh, we've also been receiving some prank phone calls. Oh Someone has been God. pranking us. And like, over and over. It's it, so ruthless. It's like... Getting to the point of harassment, you know? Yeah. It's like getting no-caller ID phone calls. Leaving messages, saying to call numbers that don't exist. And yeah. it's like, come on, we live in a caravan. Have some have some sympathy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's been really hard. I've taken it really hard. Uh, yeah, it but, brings me to a pit of despair every time, but we moved past it. They so we've had, a, we've had a couple of people visit the caravan at this point. And one of them came earlier this week. So... I was washing the outside of it, like scraping off the mold that's collected over the last year and a half. <laughs> uh, and you, you were like kind of sweeping on the inside. We cleaned the shower. We, we, you know, we did all the things you, you don't do until you're going to move out and wish you did earlier because that would have been nice to just enjoy it. We did all those things. And uh, it was probably around six o'clock in the evening and we were just waiting for the woman to show up. And we were sitting outside at the table and it was kind of like, You know, that perfect time in the evening where, like, the light is it's the golden hour and the shadows are getting longer and the light gets soft and 
Everything looks really beautiful, and the birds are chirping, and it's the perfect weather outside. There's a nice little breeze. Everything's just peaceful and calm in the French countryside. And we're sitting at the table outside the caravan and just looking at it and had this strange moment happen where I think for we both, for a moment, saw what our lives must look like from the outside. They, like... It was just idyllic, you know? And we just imagined this woman showing up and seeing us sitting outside and what she must think about the way we live. Yeah. It must be so easy and so pleasant and nice and relaxed and and all these things. And I'm looking at it and we're starting to talk about it and I'm and and I'm wanting to have that life too. Yeah, it's that so I'm good. imagining. It looks it's like nice. Man, so nice. And then, and you know, just thinking like hammocks and reading books all day and just cooking in the caravan, happy and cozy and warm, no, you know, kind of carefree. I'm convincing myself that that's what life must be like in my caravan. Seriously. And we're talking about it. And at some moment, I'm just like, why are we not doing that? Why are we not living that life? Why is it not like that? What is going on? It was a really weird moment. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. I think it's like, we want to explore this. This prompted a bigger conversation for us because this is something I've struggled with for a long time. And I feel like I've, I'm on the other side of it some, somehow. I don't know how, but of this, like, you want to imagine that life is going to be a certain way when it looks a certain way. Like, you want to kind of map your ideals on it. You know, and I know this feeling because I grew up in Reunion Island, which, if you're not familiar with it, is a French territory that's off the coast of Africa. And it's like the most idyllic tropical paradise. It's like Hawaii, kind of like literally it's kind of like Hawaii. And when I was a kid, people were always telling me like, oh, you're so lucky. You know, when I was coming back to France, people were like, you're so lucky to be living there. It's such a paradise and stuff. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. My stepmom had the same thing happen to her when she moved there to be to live with my dad. All of her friends from the around Paris area, the periphery of Paris were telling her like, oh, you're so lucky. You live on a, on a tropical paradise and stuff. She was like, do you not think that I do all the things that we all have to do on a day-to-day, you know, basis? I have to clean my toilet. I don't go to the beach every day because I have to go to work. And by the weekend, I'm too tired to actually pack a bag and go to the beach. And it's like, do you not see that daily life is everywhere? And and there's a really funny story in Alan de Botton's uh, book, one of his books. I think it's called The Art of Travel, but I can't remember. We'll link it in the show notes if, I, if I've gotten it wrong. Uh, and he's talking about going on holiday with his wife. And he there's a point in, in the story. It's kind of a, it's, it's an essay. And uh, he's sitting on the beach in a, like in a lawn chair or whatever. And he's got a margarita or whatever. He's there. He's there at the place he saw in the brochure that he's wanted to go. That picture in the brochure, he is now in it. It's not an empty chair that he can fill himself. He's there. And he has this terrifying moment where he realizes he brought himself on his vacation. (laughs) And that's what was ruining it. (laughs) You know? And, And that's exactly what it is, I think. It's like, 
we forget that like so so I think there's a name for this phenomenon that we're talking about, which is vacation vision. Vacation eyes or vacation. vacation. I like vacation vision because yeah. it's a, an alliteration. Yeah. I, I love right. that stuff. Got I'm a it. sucker for it. Got vacation it. eyes, you yeah. can call it too. But it's just like I think what happens. There's two things. So you have you you have an image, but you have no details. It's a surface level image. You don't have any of the details of the life there. And so we're able to pretend like those details just aren't there. There's no troubles, right? Because you can't see them in the picture or that fantasy that we have. Yeah. Like, we don't forget that we also have to eat and sleep and have relationships. It's like we just cut all that stuff out and just, like, focus on a, a kind of just a simple image. Yeah. And just believe that that stuff's not there. So I think there's that aspect of it. It's also that, you know, the palm trees or or the mountain retreat, or whatever, these images serve as a kind of a canvas for us to project our fantasies on. Mm. It's not real, what we're thinking. It's some sort of ideal. It's some sort of, almost like an escapism of getting away from where we're at, or being somewhere else. And so it's just a very, it's it's a trick. It's a trick of the mind. Yeah. I think it. What, what's fascinating to me is, and what was getting really frustrating, especially over, I'd say last year, around over 2018, is um, when you go on the kind of normal life, if I may say that, you know, it's normal to be caught in the daily routine. You know, you go to work, da, da, da. I was living in Paris, but I was going to work and I was, and so everyone else was having that same life as me. And then when I started, when I said I was going to leave, I started getting a lot of people saying like, wow, you're so lucky. That sounds so amazing. And at the time I was like, dude, it's fucking painful. I'm having to like completely disrupt my life to do this. But okay, like, if you want to call it luck, go go for it. Thanks. But <laughs> My it, life is falling apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you want to think it's just a dumb stroke of luck and not actual work on my side, thank you. But what, beyond the point, I think it's just... Because of this, me shifting my life and leaving, I've actually gotten to meet a lot of different people and live a lot of different dreams. So it's like I've lived a lot of other people's dreams already. You know, I've done the, the backpacking carefree and having no aim in India. I've met the love of my life uh, traveling through a, a, a strange country. You've lived in a caravan I've in the French countryside. I've lived in a caravan. It's like, and so I, and, and now I realize, well, I've lived in Paris. You know, it's like at the time, it was the furthest thing, the furthest thing from a dream in my head. You and I'm know? just going to plug a movie I just saw that with that, like, this exact thing in yeah. mind, which is Revolutionary Road with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Uh, it's tragic and it's great. I think it's really, really good. But the whole premise is uh, they're like an American family living in the 1950s, living in the house, doing the whole thing, trapped in like, you know, just trapped in that kind of empty life. Uh, uh, two of the themes are emptiness and hopelessness. And they spawn an idea that they're going to move to Paris. He's mm. going to quit his job. And they're going to move to Paris. They have two kids and life's going to be better. Yeah. They never make it to Paris. It's just, that's kind of the, it, it, I think what was getting really frustrating to me is that I was starting to see, it's like for a moment you can say, oh, maybe I just haven't gotten to the right kind of grass, right? It's like you look and say, oh, it's going to be better there. And then you get there and it's like, eh, I guess it's not that much better. I mean, it's kind of nice, but it's also not as awesome as I thought it was going to be. And then 
I've had the opportunity to actually just continue to go to the better place, thinking it was going to be better somewhere else. And it never really got better to the point where I was like, what the fuck do I want? What is going on here? Like, I felt really trapped inside my own head because it always felt like life was better when I was yearning for it to start rather than when I was in it, you know? And I had this this very deep, it's been a process of thinking about this, but I remember thinking about this, especially when we went for my 27th birthday getaway, where we went for a weekend in the little like wooden cabin kind of thing. And I remember thinking like, man, when am I going to get satisfied? Like, is it just something I'm I'm forced to live with this kind of like, looking at an image or or making up an image in my head and then yearning for the feelings that that image make me feel and then those feelings actually never arriving because I actually spend my life in the yearning it's like that was that was despair I felt despair when I really identified that I might just be stuck there in this phase of and the way that it came up for me was it just I realized I'd say around October of 2018, something like that, October, November, that I was about to turn 27 and I was somehow at the deepest core of my being still waiting for life to start. And it was a terrifying thought because it's like I kept waiting for tomorrow and tomorrow never came because I was always in the now and I was always with myself. You're just running off uh, like '60s, '70s lyrics, like Pink Floyd, uh, uh, and then and then you did "Tomorrow Never Came," Beatles. It's really? great. Yeah, I'm just uh, like. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough of that culture to know. I just this is this is the. It felt like a trap. It felt like I was in this catch twenty two, and I was like, "How do I get out of this of this rat maze?" And I think there's a risk here too, right? Like, or there, there's a trap that I think you're kind of outlining pretty well, which is that you can go and you can go your whole life this way if you don't realize you're in it, is you running from one thing to the next, mm-hmm. to the next, thinking the next thing is going to be better, the next thing's gonna, the next place, the next person, the yeah. next relationship, the next job. And, and every time there's a rude awakening yeah. that there's also bad parts about this are also uncomfortable parts. So there's hard parts, maybe yeah. hard parts is a better way to say it. There's also hard parts about this or also hard parts about that. And every time you hit the hard parts, like you dig a little bit below, think about digging a little bit below the surface and you hit that rock level, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. layer of rock where things get hard. Yeah. You move on to the next one saying, no, that's too hard. I'll find a place with soft ground. It's going to be soft all the when way. When actually, if you go with that metaphor, the gems live inside the yeah, rock. Yeah, the gold or the oil or whatever is probably like, in, yeah, in the rock, or maybe it's in the next level below, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, otherwise, it would have already seeped to the top. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I'm getting at here with, with, with that metaphor, is, is this idea that, you know, it's actually through those parts that the real rewards come. But there's this real trick, I think, that can happen where, from a distance, we're looking through our, our vacation eyes, you know? Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm making a binocular oh, face right now. I'm actually looking through them. And... <laughs> 
and you say, oh, there it is, that palm tree island over there. It looks awesome. And then you do all this work to swim over there, and, like, you leave the other island you're on, you know? And yeah. It's all this work, and you tell everyone, oh, I'm, I'm gone, I'm going to go over there. It looks better. It's going to be way better. There's a lot more coconuts on that tree. And you get over there, and you get on an island, and you you spend a lot of time to get there. Like, you disrupted everything, and then, oh, shit. This tree's taller than the tree back home. Like yeah. that tree was short. It had less coconuts, but this one, I have to climb higher on this one. Yeah. And maybe the coconuts, they look a little different. Ooh, they might not be the same. Yeah. And and I think I think that's the trap that, that we can, it sounds like you were kind of in. Yeah. And one of the things I found, you know, because we do a lot of things that I think from the outside are very, quote unquote, Instagrammable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why we're considering starting an Instagram account. <laughs> we have one, but we're just off it right now. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have brought that in. But, <laughs> but it's, no, no, but even the fact that, like, right now we lead a retreat company. Yeah. And we're living yeah, out of a caravan. Whenever we tell people what our life is, it's like I get all those, like, the starry eyes and the, oh, that's so great. This is so amazing. And, and it's kind of fun sometimes to have that reflected because it it's is. like, oh, it doesn't feel like that for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels hard. This is hard. And I think that's the thing. It's like even if you're doing – just picture anyone doing whatever amazing thing it is that you you admire. Yeah. And – it's still really, really hard, yeah. you know? And the only reason they're able to do it is because they've overcome those hard things about it or that they're willing to be with those or they're willing to sacrifice for them or whatever. It's like running a retreat company is not all fun. It actually, most of it's hard work, you yeah. know? And then there are highlights and great parts about it, but I'd say, like, most of it so far has been really, really hard. I, I think I want to go back to this, you know, why aren't we just chilling and living in the hammock and 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 resting and not doing anything in this caravan where we we don't have any rent to pay and besides the two half days of work we have to give our landlord we could be free from that but then it's like you you asked that question it was like well because we have projects like i feel like we have desires for the future we have things we want to do and resources and our energy and momentum and so it's like yeah sometimes I wonder why didn't we spend more time just resting and chilling and doing nothing here but the truth is like I, we would get bored out of our, out of our minds you know we're not in that life stage yet, a, a, anymore I feel like we were and we had some really cool times at the beginning of our relationship when we for instance we went to Sri Lanka for three months and we lived on a beach hut in a beach hut, which was amazing. You were going surfing in the morning. I was doing some yoga. Then I feel like I spent all my day reading. You were writing and reading. And then I was cooking dinner. And then we were going to bed. It, and then we were going to spend time at the beach. It was like idyllic. Like, especially when I remember it, it's like, ah. Oh, that was another wow. good point because I remember parts of that that were not easy. Yeah, same. <laughs> I remember time. it being really hard too. It's like, how do you learn to not do that much? How do you actually commit to doing the things you've always wanted to do? Like, oh, if I could, I really would want to just go in a beach hut and like surf and do nothing and read and lie in the hammock. Try. I dare you try. It's so brutal to come up against our own resistance to doing nothing my dad actually has a saying it's like it's really easy to do a lot of things it's not easy to do nothing well for most of us there was one aussie next door to us when yeah. we were in sri lanka yeah. and he was crushing it on the surf read in a hammock all day yeah and that's yeah. all he did yeah. and he did it for for like, like a month and it was, yeah, yeah it was amazing 
So I, I, so I think some people can't, will probably like raise their hand and be like, I can do that. Yeah. They're, they're probably, probably not listening to this podcast. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they are. If you are high, reach out to us. Tell us what your secret is. Uh, they probably won't. They're, they're resting in a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much work. It's too hard. <laughs> but no, I think this is a good point. And it's something that I've struggled with my entire life. It's like this caravan was kind of an experiment with, with, with that too. In my mind, when I used to work, especially in a city, and this actually just is funny because this actually just happened in reverse to me because I used to fantasize about the idea of going out and getting a farm and just like life being simpler. Ah, yes. And uh, there's even a line in uh, Faust uh, by by Goethe uh, in the first half of his um, pretty epic poem about Faust where he talks about this, and I can't exactly remember what it is, but he makes a rhyme about like using your own shit to fertilize the, the yeah. food you're going to eat. Yeah, as yeah. He's kind of like poking. It's basically like you can't go back. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of the same thing as like you become like becoming conscious and like growing into like uh, adolescence and adulthood. You just can't go back to being a child. Yeah. Once, once that's kind of happened. And I think for a lot of us, there's this intellectual fantasy that, like maybe we work and live in a city, but maybe we could go back. And for some people, uh, it may work. But I know for me, it's a fantasy. And this experiment with the caravan uh, was a little bit in that line. Like, okay, would this lifestyle work for us? Yeah. And uh, I think that's only one aspect of why we moved in the caravan and not really the most serious one. But but it was a little bit of flirting with that fantasy, like, okay, like, what's it really feel like? And honestly, uh, you, yeah, like you said, I, I get into it, and I, I'm bored stiff by after a couple of days if, if I'm not doing anything, if I don't have creative projects to work on. And I just had this experience the other, like, not that long ago, I was working out in the garden, and uh, there's pilgrims coming through here all the time and staying at the guest house next door, and and uh, they were uh, outside, and I was working in the garden, and one of them was American. Mm. And he had just moved to France, and he moved to uh, a city in France. And he was doing a bike a bike trip. He's on vacation doing a bike trip. And again, I got this, like, he made a comment. It's like, oh, man, wow, it's so nice out here. It's the life, it's right? It's the life, right? Yeah. And he asked me, like, it's the life, right? And I'm like... It's a life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the life. Doesn't really feel like it, I guess. But I got that moment again where I looked around. And I was like, "Whoa, yeah." I guess if I was coming from the city and I looked at this, like it would look really idyllic. Mm-hmm. But that ideal is not how my life is on the on the day to day. You know, my life's probably a lot like his. I think it was really hard when I came up against this like barrier this like identifying this catch-22 I was stuck in of wanting something and doing all I can to get it and then getting in and then not being as good as I thought it was going to be and then I wanted something else it's like first I think it forced me to realize that it's nice to yearn it's you know like sometimes you just want to look at something and say Ah, oh, that would be nice. You know, I mean, when I was a kid, I have vivid memories as a kid and a teenager. And still now, when I see a plane in the night sky, mm-hmm. right, you just breathe. And I know you know the feeling I'm yeah. talking about. It's you're, you're there and you're like, ah, I wonder why, where they're going. I wonder what kind of adventures it's is awaiting. Like, 
what would it feel like to be on this plane right now and to be going somewhere else? Like just transporting myself to the feeling of, and for me, that is the essence of yearning. And I love this feeling. I love it. And I've realized that most of the time what fucks up this feeling is trying to act and make it a reality. Because most of the time when I'm like about to go to bed in my caravan and I see a plane in the night sky, I don't want to go through all the hassle to book a plane ticket and then figure out we're doing that right now going somewhere I don't want to do that like I just like to daydream of like oh if I could teleport myself into this feeling you know when you're like in a plane seat and it's night outside you've taken off and you know that like they're gonna take your food away and it's about time to watch a movie and then you're in between two worlds you you left but you're not there it's like it's one of my you know i've been taking planes since i was like nine months old so i like there's a lot of positive memories associated with travel but the reality is I just like to bathe in that feeling of remembering how it was like, imagining what it could be like, and the yearning. There's a there's this uh what's her name? The blue of distance. Yes, Rebecca Sonnet. Yes. She wrote a book that I, I read a, one of her essays in the book, and she talks about like how everything from afar feels blue, and it's the blue of like yearning and wanting. It's the blue of distance. It's the blue of the mountains on the horizon. Yeah. And the way and, they fade and fade. Into and then you go closer, and then they're not blue anymore. It's yeah. like you see them yeah. from afar, you're like, oh, blue mountains. And then you get closer, and they're not blue. But so I think I'm just. No, and they have all these details, yeah. like thorny bushes. Yeah. And, Spiky trees yeah, and cactus. And- exactly. And I think that's one thing is I've learned to really appreciate basking in that yearning. It's like, oh, it's really nice. And not trying to make that happen or think I need to make it a reality. Sometimes I just really like to sit with this. I think you're getting at, like, I think that's a really good example that gets at, like, what's happening here. Is you're looking at it from a distance and from the distance you can't see the details, yeah. right? And and in our lives, there's something else that happens, I think, for us too. Is and and this is the same reason I think that when you're gambling, there's a phenomenon that goes on where you'll feel twice as much pain for losing five dollars as you will for gaining five dollars yes, yes. for winning five dollars. You actually have to gain like ten dollars mm. to feel the equivalent amount of pleasure yeah. as you would. So so there's an aversion to loss. And I think so we have this aversion to loss. And when, for example, if you're going to move, say, somewhere crazy like Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> not that this is happening to any people we know or us. No, definitely not. <laughs> we definitely won't be in Guatemala by mid-November. We, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> and, uh, and if you're doing that and you're leaving a, a life behind, you can see all the details of that life. And all of a sudden, you realize all the things you're going to lose. And that life in Guatemala, I may have notions of what may be gained, if we're going to use this kind of uh, language, or what may be realized there. But I have no idea. That's the unknown. But what's known is what I'm going to lose before I get there. And I have to lose it before I leave. So it's always, you're going to have to drop what you got before you can pick up what's coming. You know, And I think that's an aspect of, of it that's also difficult I I like what you said about loss and I kind of want to rebound on that because there's this fear there's a version of loss and that made me think of fear of missing out the FOMO that you hear so much about these days and 
I think that is what is hard about sitting in the yearning and just enjoying that feeling of really wanting something because it's like, oh, but if I don't get it, I'm going to miss out. You know, it's like, oh, I need to get it all done and have all the experiences. And I think I'm just really like step by step. It's a long process, but I'm learning to just really enjoy the feeling that it gives me. For instance, I think there can be a lot of pain when you are on social media or on Instagram because those pictures are really like highly you know, uh, vacationized. They're yeah, messing with they're, your vacationized. They're, they're definitely. And they're like, they're also, they're the perfect light and they give you the vibe. They give you the fuzzy feeling. It's the brochure not, pamphlet. Yeah. It's not about, because if you actually think about what it was like when they took that picture, they probably had a fight a couple of minutes ago, but they were still having to do this photo shoot. And it's like, so it's like, and that picture is probably, that's one of probably 30. And then they probably went back to their laptop and then they probably edited a few of those and they had to upload it to Instagram. So like to post that picture, yeah. like th- th- there's a lot of stuff going on. I, and I feel, I feel like knowing what goes into it makes me, it's like I'm, I'm seeing all the crew on a, t- on the movie set you know it's like okay there's a movie and I like watching the movie because it makes me feel those things or I feel those things when I watch the movie but then it's also not true because there's those people around and like none of it is real the people in the movie are not feeling what you're feeling when you watch a movie yeah and when you go to watch a movie or when you go on Instagram often it's to get away from your life a lot of times right like we're we are trying to be somewhere else and so you're in this in this mode where where you 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 want to transport yourself. But I'm actually the point that I was actually going to make is that I feel that when I use it with conscious and intention, like uh, consciousness and intention, I can use it to go and feel the feeling that I feel on the picture without wanting to be in the picture. If that makes some mm. if that makes sense. It's like Oh, I really like the feeling that I'm getting when I'm seeing, for instance, uh, one of our uh, business partners on the Ripple Out retreats. She has a beautiful picture of uh, of her in front of um, a waterfall in Bali. I love this picture. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, yes, adventure, exploring, lush, green, paradise, tropical, vacation. And then it's like I get into this like, word generating mode and everything just builds on it and I get this really nice feeling inside of me I don't that doesn't mean that I'm gonna book my flight to Bali tomorrow and try to go to that same place because the point is not to go and replicate what's in the picture it's it's actually just nice to sit in the yearning that the picture makes you feel does that make any sense Mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's something I'm mastering and I'm getting and I like doing because I feel like it's a good exercise for me. Because then when I come back into my life, I realize how much my life is awesome. And and I'm, you know, like I'm learning to enjoy every little detail and thorny bushes. And it's also, let's, let's just say, it, you're a feelings junkie. I'm a feelings junkie, yes. I can see your face. You're just like, oh, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. No, I don't. I don't. No, I don't. No, no. <laughs> The second phenomenon that we've observed is uh, actually comes from one of my favorite TV shows ever. 
I'm a feelings junkie and I watch a lot of movies and YouTube videos. It's so hard for us to pick a movie together because ah. you want to feel good and I want to be intellectually stimulated. And everything that's intellectually stimulated does not make me feel good. So it's like... <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's it's bad. But So it comes from How I Met Your Mother, which is one of my favorite TV shows ever. and uh, And they talk about this concept of graduation goggles. So it's like one of the guy is about to uh, quit his job. And then at the last minute, he has some like second thoughts of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe there's good things here. And they're like, dude, you're just getting the graduation goggles. You've been telling us that this job is shit for a year. And then now you want to stay. It's the same thing as when you go through high school. The five, the four years of high school are really bad. And then at the, at the end, you're like, you look back and then you have this song that pops into your head. I will remember you. <laughs> and then everything is pink and just so cool. And so everything's nice, even the shitty stuff, you know, because you know it's almost over. Well, we're deep in, gra- I'm deep in graduation goggles with the caravan right now. Yeah, it's- yeah. We, uh, so I, I guess we should just say it here is, uh, we think we might have, we're getting an offer on the caravan yeah we're getting we're getting very like we're getting a lot of interest right now and we are very close to closing and we the think deal. in a few days we will probably have a closed deal and Hopefully. yeah and that kind of hit me yesterday actually for the first time because it's been so much stress i mean uh, around around this and and so i haven't been able to like really be with the emotions of leaving because it's like oh are we leaving I have, there's a lot of problems to solve yeah. and it was hard to hard to really tap into that Yesterday, we got some news that really made me feel like, oh, my God, we're probably leaving. Yeah. And and then I started looking at the caravan differently, you know? And I was like, oh, man, how can I let this go? Which is so funny because for the last month, you've been a slouch and a grouch (laughs) about everything we have to do around living here. And I've been in graduation goggles for like over a month already. It's like every time I step outside to, to go fill the water up, even like that's bullshit. I have to go and get my water at a tap that's the water for me to drink at a different tap. That's if you think about it, that's really annoying. Every time I'm like, ah, oh, I can take this opportunity to look at the sky and enjoy the trees and feel the grass. And like I'm deep in graduation. Yeah, I've I've been some I half of me's been in Guatemala already. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. God, I just want to be in Guatemala. I just want to be in Guatemala. I don't I don't I don't even know what Guatemala is. Yeah, I know. You know I just I mean? see the picture of the outside of the house we yeah. rented in my head. And then when all I think these Guatemala. dreams about like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna really order and structure my life there. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of success. Like there's gonna be a really nice like balance of work and then relaxation. Maybe my family will come visit me or some friends. Maybe we'll meet some cool new expats. You know, like I've created this whole world. And we're probably gonna get there. It's probably going to be a lot like this. We have, we actually have a saying for when this happens. When we were living in India together, we had a host. Every time we were asking him if if something was possible, he was like, oh, yes, 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 anything possible, anything possible. <laughs> and so when we were going to Sri Lanka, we kept saying, like, in Sri Lanka, we're going to do this. In Sri Lanka, we're going to do that. Anything possible in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, yeah, yeah. It's just like in these moments, whatever destination, like whatever change, whatever place you're going, just becomes a bucket for everything you haven't done in your life that you're going to do. I'm going to go swim with dolphins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to learn Spanish and Russian by the time I'm out of it. For sure. For sure. 
<laughs> so anything possible in Guatemala. But that's a good point, though. It's possible it's in Guatemala. Todo es posible in Guatemala? Todo. Todo. Hey, oh, God. There's going to be a lot of people on this podcast that, that, that know how wrong we are on that. <laughs> <laughs> I speak French. I don't yeah. care. Uh, so I just I think I want to I want to jump on what you're saying here. Um, I'm working with this amazing life coach right now, and she's she's awesome. And I've only been on two sessions. And Do you want to give her a plug? Yes, for sure. Let's plug her. Her name is Karina. And I don't know. <laughs> Damn, I, I've read her last name many times, but I don't know. I think it's Antonopoulos. But basically, she, her website is Synchronize Within. And it's she's a life coach for highly sensitive people. And she, she's, a, she's a close friend of mine from um, my days back in San Diego as well. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. I've only had like two sessions with her, but they've both really been potent and, and valuable. We'll link her in the show notes as well, if you're curious. Yes. And so... During our last call together, I was talking a lot about the anxiety that's being felt as we're, you know, we didn't have and we didn't have any serious prospect or any any people really reaching out to buy the caravan and and I started talking about how it's going to be hard to leave the caravan and I started crying. She was like, "Okay, tell me more about that." And so like I started just crying and having all these emotions that I think I was not really connecting with because I've been go, go, going, trying to like, you know, sell, move and have all the plan mapped out until how do we get to, to Guatemala from here? You're in your warrior mode and yeah. warriors need to be somewhat distant from the world and from people around them. Yeah. You yeah. need distance to swing the sword. That's wow. That's that's deep, dude. Yeah. Like, I think we should quote you. I'm, I'm knee deep in archetypes. Right now. <laughs> I'm getting very interested in archetypes. <laughs> If you have questions about archetypes, come ask me. I'll make something up. Yeah, no. <laughs> Isn't that how archetypes work? I, that's why I think I love them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so we, she mentioned that, you know, like there's no process for grief. There's not a checklist of how you move through grief. Grief has to be felt. And Isn't there the five stages of grief? Yeah, Isn't that a process not, well, that, and a checklist? I, I don't want to get into this debate. Someone right else now. is going to wonder that on this. I know, I know, I know. Well, I will say about this that the person who wrote the five stages of grief wrote it. It's grief when you are diagnosed with an illness. And even though those stages are applicable to all different kinds of grief, it's not a straightforward linear process. Oh, of course, or of course, a checklist. of course. No, are you right? It's Just not. Wanted, it's not a checklist. It's not a linear make, process. But it does seem a little bit like a process. Uh, okay, cool. You looked like your uncle when you did that oh, so much, no. Alain. We love you. Uh, if you're listening. Anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Alain. Anyways, um, I think... So she told me that and she was like, the emotions just need to be felt. There's no... And she did mention something else on this, which is you need all of you here right now to feel the grief and to also find a buyer for your house. And there might be parts of you that are already in Guatemala right now. And that's fine. They're getting excited and they want to be there. But call them back. Say, okay, we'll be there. But now I need all of me here. And I think that is why I've been able to be in that mode of really appreciating every little drop of the life here and actually appreciating it more than I've ever done because I know it's about to end. I'm really, and not in like a, uh, 
I don't know, like a FOMO or a regretful kind of way. Just like, oh, it's about to end. Those are the years. Like, those are some of the years that we'll look back on for the rest of our lives. We'll be telling our grandkids about And this. as soon as they get some distance, they're going to get blue, like the yeah, mountains. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to have that, they're going to have that kind of... You know, they're going to lose the details yeah. and we'll be just kind of fond of the, the memory and we'll almost wish we could go back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that is one of the core things that I realized on this. I'd say I've been on this really intense journey of trying to rumble with this and and take this apart for myself. This whole like the grass is always greener and nothing. I'm never going to feel that satisfaction. I'm never actually going to feel present because I'm always going to wait for my life to start. I think there's been a big shift for me that happened around November 2018. I can actually, I know a few things that have really played a huge role in that shift happening. But basically, I think I all of a sudden realized, holy shit life is right now but it's like not on a mental level it's like some that that's easy to say but it's not as easy to operate that deep change into your mindset into the core of your being because if i kept thinking life was going to start of course i was always going to look at the bad things that this life right now today had to offer and the wonderful things that the life tomorrow was going to offer it's always it felt easy to postpone it What's not so easy is actually being present every day and accepting that all of what's happening is my life. Like my life is not going to be this this highlight reel. It's going to be all the collections of the little moments. You know, I think I think that one of the things that comes to mind and that probably I will always remember is arriving back here after traveling from San Jose, California to France after three days of travel or so to get here, getting all set up, having to go and fill up the fridge, having to do all these things when I thought I could actually rest in my home after a long period of travel and us overflowing the tank, the water tank and the water just pouring out on everything in the living room and having to deal with that. And that was one of those moments where I started dealing with it and thinking like, fuck, my life is so shit. Like, this is so annoying. Everything's so bad and not working out and not the way I want it to be. And and I caught myself thinking that and I started bursting, bursting in laughter, thinking like, that's also what life is about. Like this right now, what's <laughs> happening, this is also your life, you know? And if you don't actually realize that you're, you're missing out on like maybe 60 or 70% of your life or more, you know, and it sounds cliche and it probably sounds like, cool, dude, we've heard this before. But this is me sharing the story of how I actually think I integrated this at a deeper level. And I, I think it's still, you know, you can we can talk about this and it doesn't mean that it's we're not still struggling with it. Right. For like, sure. I don't feel like I've done a very good job, actually, particularly like I'm kind of in Guatemala and uh, I, I, I'm not sure I've done as great a job as you have. Mm. And it's. It's not only that it's really hard to be with the hard parts of our life, like when things overflow. It's also incredibly difficult to recognize all the great things about our life as it is in the moment before we lose them, yeah. you know, like yeah. to recognize them while we're experiencing them. And I think a lot of times we're just prone to like gloss over that and mm -hmm. take it for granted and to move on to the thing we don't have or to think about the thing that shouldn't be happening that is happening. Yeah. And we don't spend a lot of time 
like bl- counting our blessings and and being grateful. Yeah. I think one of the ways this has shown up over the last couple of days is I feel like our appreciation of each other has Honestly, I just think that our love is like growing every day. I feel like I love you more every day and I didn't know it was possible. Sorry if this is getting mushy, but like I feel like this is an important thing. And it's part of those beautiful things that sometimes it's easy to overlook. And I make a very big effort. And now because I've made this big effort in the past, it actually comes more naturally these days. I suspect there are days, it do- like there are days it doesn't come as naturally, but I always try to remember to be grateful for what there is instead of focusing on what there isn't on or what I wanted to have, but didn't happen. And just knowing that, you know, we have, a, we, I feel like we have a great life, even though, even though I'm also hyper aware of how hard it is on so many fronts and like on in ways that is even hard to communicate because our life is so ins- uncertain and so wildly on the brink, you know, like we're out there, we're far out, <laughs> but it's risky. It's risky. Yeah. And I think it's, it's nice to just enjoy the little moments. Every little moment I feel like I can get under my belt these days is a win. You know, it's like we give each other a hug and I just feel like, there are so many people right now that are living alone or that are yearning for what we have. And, and I want to be here fully present because also I want to respect the fact that those people don't have that. I mean, I don't know. This is not what I'm thinking consciously in the moment. It's just, this is big. And I want to, I want to feel the gratitude of it. And same with going out to get the water. I always try to make it a fun thing for me and just, it's literally a 20 steps walk, but every time it's an opportunity to go outside and look up, look at the trees, look at the sky, look at the, look at the stars. If it's night, look at everything and realize like, wow, very soon, I'm not going to see this again. And I probably will not see this ever again. I will never come back here. There's no reason for us to either, either way, you'd never see it like you're seeing it right that moment. Yeah. Or, or another cliche. But and I think like what we're talking about with these graduation goggles, we can back up and get meta here and say everyone's gonna graduate. Yeah. You know, every, we're all gonna die. Yeah. That's the ultimate graduation. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. And like thinking about Guatemala, I, I, I think whatever stage we're in right now, there, there's this temptation to think like even if you're in like a really like kind of uh steady stage it's still passing and it's still a stage and i think sometimes like when we were living in the caravan and we had no plan to move on you just take it for granted that you're like oh you just project in the future it's like i'll be living here forever you know what i mean you never because you don't know when the end is the same way we don't know when we're going to die and on, on a bigger level and and so i think and then as soon as we realize like oh it's going to end at that point yeah then all of a sudden it's like it, it can shift things and 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 I think it's worth saying that like I want to make an effort to to appreciate these things on the larger scale because there's also the graduation of death that's looming somewhere and I'm never going to know when that time is. I think life gets a lot easier when we take out the should. If we could just take out if we just take out the shoulds, then and and I mean it on both sides. I mean it on the side of I should have this. I should have this relationship where we take it for granted that it's here 
and we just think we're entitled to it and that we deserve it, right? Yeah. There's that should. And if so, if we take that out, we just remove that language, that belief. And, and then the other should, which is it should be easier. It shouldn't be this hard or it should be different. It should be different, yeah. right? I should have this. This is right. And I shouldn't, shouldn't have to deal with that. We could take out those shoulds. Like life has a really different flavor to it. Life has a really different texture. Every moment becomes the ultimate gift. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you very much, listener. We had fun. We did. It was a fun. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, it actually took us to places that we didn't discuss beforehand, which I like. That that's like always this. my favorite. Yeah, when I love that happens. That. <laughs> if you'd like to find the show notes for this episode, they live at thefaroutpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to support this podcast, as always, Alistair's making weird dance moves as he says this. <laughs> Getting excited. <laughs> One, if you haven't already, if this is your first time here or maybe you're not here that often, subscribe. We'd like to see you here every week. Oh, yeah, we'd love that. If you if you resonate with this, just stick around because this is like our jam. Yeah. <laughs> it's, our, it's our jelly. It's a- <laughs> I don't know what. Okay, number two. Number, number two. two. I'd say uh, number two is share it with a friend or share it on social media. If you, if any of this has resonated with you and you feel like that could be beneficial for someone in particular or people you know in general, share it. Help us get the word out. The, the idea behind this podcast is to help people live more authentic, whole lives. Yeah. So and if we, you resonate with that and you resonate with one of the topics, share it. Number three. Number three. If you haven't already... Please leave us a review so we can read it at the beginning of this episode and then send you lots of love and and jump up and down in our life. Yeah, Julia Roxanne's a little bit of a witch, and so she'll do something kind of magical (laughs) and witchy if if you send her a review, and she might if you don't. So I don't use my powers for evil. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.